0: Hey there, my name is Maya Kennedy and welcome to the Girls Room Podcast. Let me just clear the air. This is a safe space where we talk about all the things, life, community, relationships, and faith, where we ditch what we put on our Instagram stories, learn to be okay with exactly where we are and share that gift with any girl who will listen. This is where we share life, all the victories, big and small, failures that make us cringe, heartbreaks that make us ugly cry, and ultimately how God shows up in all of that. I firmly believe that in order to live our lives out of abundance, confidence, and grace, we need to walk in community. And that's exactly what this is, a community in our little corner of the podcast universe. So again, welcome, welcome to the Girls Room Podcast. I cannot wait to share this with you, so let's get into it. On today's episode, we have Anika joining us in my room today. Well, actually, because of COVID-19, I am jumping on a call with her but I'm still so excited to have her on the show today. Annika went to UCLA, was a former collegiate soccer player, and recently signed to play professional soccer in Portland, Oregon. Amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to meet her. We talk all about God's timing and how to let go of control in our own lives. Annika shares her testimony about how hard it was to trust God with the things she loved most and how she learned that letting go was actually the best and easiest thing she could do for her soul. Despite her reluctance at first, Jesus has been a rock through it all, and she really goes into depth talking about that, and I love it. It's so good. If any of you are going through it right now and are unsure what is going on in the world or how to trust God with it all, then this is for you. Get ready, because here is my conversation with Annika. Welcome to the girls' room, Annika. I'm so excited for the girls to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on with me no yeah thanks for having me I'm excited so here are a few questions for you just so the girls can kind of get to know you okay where are you from what are you doing currently and then tell us something new you're trying out this year
1: so I am from Torrance California um currently sitting at home just like everyone else being quarantined um but prior to that I was in portland playing for the portland thorns um professional soccer and something i want to do this year is learn how to make like latte art or like a espresso shots and having the whole barista thing kind of
0: in uh my resume of stuff i could do okay a few things one, professional soccer, that is so huge. What was the process to getting there? Were you recruited your senior year? Was it super last minute? Was it like, oh, I always knew I was going to do this?
1: It's it's a pretty crazy story. I had a fifth year at UCLA and I wasn't sure I was going to take it. And I didn't really know if I wanted to continue playing soccer after or if I was done. And halfway through my true senior year, I uh, I tore my ACL for the second time. Yeah, I just knew I wanted to keep playing. So then I took my fifth year, rehabbed it, played my my redshirt year and then decided that I wanted to play professionally. Um, And then going into all of that was chaos and madness as any professional life honestly is. But I knew I wanted to end up in a place that that God had for me and not where I wanted to be. And so, yeah, just trying to, you know, take the nose as as no's and not get too overwhelmed with all of that um, was definitely interesting. But I do feel like Portland is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And everything that had happened really just like worked out to just guide me to Portland and on this team and with this coaching staff. So very different in the sense that like, you know, you're not playing just to play anymore. You know, you're, you're playing as a job and you have to pick wisely and, it's not recruiting, it's like signing contracts and doing trial periods, so it's it's different. It's definitely more stressful, but I feel like it'll all be worth it. Okay, number two, coffee art.
0: <laughs> so you've done it before or you haven't done it before?
1: I tried it one time. Um, one of my old teammates had an espresso machine and like a milk frother. And so she was like teaching me how to do it because it's something I've always wanted to do, like, being a coffee shop barista, I feel like, is something that I would definitely enjoy, like, social interaction, like, yeah. meeting new people, and I love coffee. Um, just never had the time to ever learn or do any of that with soccer and, you know, college athletics. So, she was teaching me how to do it, and it got done. I wouldn't say it looked pretty, but, yeah, just <laughs> something I would want to, like, be better at.
0: So it kind of fits your personality. Oh, yeah, for sure. Coffee shop freestyle in that environment.
1: Yes, I like I could live in coffee shops and be totally happy.
0: So favorite coffee shop in California, favorite coffee shop in Portland, Oregon. Did you scope it out?
1: Oh, yeah. So I have a couple of teammates on both teams, actually, that are like coffee fanatics like myself. And (laughs) so we definitely went and we've done a bunch of different coffee shops in Southern California. I think my favorite one is in Redondo Beach, actually. And it's called the Boy and the Bear. So
0: there's one. Yeah. And
1: then then I haven't been to a ton in Portland, but I have gone to like four or five. And I think so far, my favorite one is called Sister's Coffee, just like the (laughs) aesthetic of the building. And like, the vibe it has was really cool, and the coffee was
0: amazing, so. So we'll have to check that out if we're ever in Portland, for sure. Yeah. Chrissy Baird was on the podcast earlier, and I met her at a athletic retreat through mm. Vanguard. That's where I played basketball. She was so awesome, and she introduced me to you. How did you meet Chrissy? Was she a big part of your journey at UCLA? Like, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no. Chrissy has been, like, a huge piece of my ucla chapter in my life i would say um i came into ucla as a freshman like wanting to be connected with like the church ministry there and like athletes in action and so i had a teammate who was going and i went with her to like the first meeting and i just, i little remember seeing chrissy with like all the other um like upperclassmen i guess at the time just Like, the way that they all interacted with each other, like, they, you could tell that they were family, and, like, they were really there for each other, and I wanted that so badly, and Mm -hmm. um, I actually don't really know how Chrissy and I became friends, but it was almost like we weren't friends one day, and then it was like she was my best friend the next day. Like, I couldn't imagine doing life without Chrissy, like, don't think I would have made it out in one piece from ucla without her there so yeah we went from being friends to being roommates and she's like one of my best friends so she's been amazing yeah
0: i love that i want to dive into our topic for today which is this concept of relinquishing control in our lives which i think can be so difficult but in regards to that, sometimes we hold on so tightly to the reins when things are completely spiraling out of control. <laughs> and so like, sometimes we can even hold on tightly to a dream when it's for us to let it go and yeah. let to him rather than to our dreams. And so in light of this kind of concept of relinquishing control in our lives, like how has God taught you this throughout your own life and did it come easy was it hard are you still working through it like there's so many questions with that but you kind of some space to share your testimony where you've been like what has God shown you in this past lifetime
1: relinquishing control is definitely something that's way easier said than it is done I've had a bunch of different scenarios in different parts of my life where God wanted those pieces so badly but I just wasn't willing to give them to him and so i think through like a series of circumstances it became evident that the only way to get through it was to give it up um so i guess one of those pieces is you know sport which was something that in theory i had thought i had given to god you know when you do like your prayer before a game and you know you're like oh yeah like i'm playing to like use my talents to share jesus with the world and you're like this is what I'm telling everyone, but is it actually like what my my heart is behind playing? And for me, growing up, soccer was something that, that was mine. And it was, um, you know, just something that I had for myself. And I wasn't ready to give that piece of my life up to, you know, God's plan because I had worked so hard to get to where I was. And I think I was more scared that, you know, my plan and his plan weren't, in a line and I wasn't ready to you know come to terms with that at all um so my senior year of high school I tore my ACL and um it was devastating like I didn't know how to be a person without soccer um my whole identity was wrapped up in who I was as a soccer player and what I had accomplished as a soccer player and not who I am and I mean, you know, when people ask you, like, oh, like, who are you? I would always be like, I'm, I'm a soccer player. Like, that's that's just who I am. <laughs> this is what I do with my whole life. I Every minute of my day is spent watching games or practicing or with my team. Um, so, yeah, it was just – I didn't know how to move forward without it. Um, so that time in my life is actually – From the day I tore it to the day I played my first game, it was exactly a year. So I played my first game on the same day I tore it a year prior, which was like crazy. Um, I called it my year sabbatical. Um, (laughs) So like that it was just time that God wanted with me that I wasn't willing to give him. Um, So that year really forced me to have to like look at myself and sport and realize that it can be taken away so fast and that it was something that isn't a constant in my life that I had thought was a constant. And it's something that, you know, isn't always going to be there for me. Like, you know, God is and, and how he's always present and willing to comfort and give us peace and, you know, be an outlet to the harder things in our life. And I had filled that with, with soccer. And so I think the biggest piece in, you know, tearing my ACL the first time was realizing that I wasn't even at a place where I was ready to relinquish control of my sport until it was gone. Um, so that was like when God started etching at soccer and being like, I, I really do want this piece. I have really great plans for you. Like, let me do that for you. Um, so yeah, so that was when I went to the ultimate training camp, um, with athletes in action and just like learned what, you know, having sport and God combined really even looks like and how, you know, trials and triumphs can be pointed back to God and that all that glory and resilience can be seen as something that is part of my testimony and not something that, you know, I'm ashamed of.
0: My people who don't know what athletes in action are, can you kind of give us a rundown of what that is?
1: Yeah, so it's um, a organization that works with College athletes to help guide them and walk through life with them within community and church, and just giving them the support of being a Christian athlete. I would say a year later, I was playing the best soccer of my whole life, like, was you know, really trusting the Lord. And then, about halfway through my season, I just no longer wanted to to be there. And I was suffering like some severe depression. Didn't really understand it at all. I did my ACL. That was hard. I got through it. I'm playing soccer. I'm playing well. I was enjoying it. And now I'm just all of a sudden not happy with it. And that was another piece that God had wanted from my life was to not solely find joy in my sport and so that was a piece that I was so happy with, you know, like when soccer's good, I'm good. And that was another piece that I wasn't ready to let go of, but eventually had to. Yeah, and then the last piece of my life that God really wanted was the control that I had over my future. I am so protective of it because I'd worked so hard for those things and in the future that I had wanted and And I think in theory, I'm still working on that. Um, Got to my red shirt senior year, tore my ACL again. Wasn't really even sure if I wanted to play soccer anymore or if there was something else that God was calling me to do with my life. And then I would say about a month into rehabbing my second ACL, I had been praying about it. And I literally remember like I was sitting in my car And I I like to just, like, sit in my car and just, like, have, like, worship music on while I talk to God. Um, Mm -hmm. And just, like, remembering hearing, like, we're not finished. And I was like, whoa, okay, so we're not finished yet. So what does that mean? Like, in terms of soccer, we're not finished? Or, like, is there something else that I'm not finished with? And then, you know, just getting this overwhelming feeling that, you know, soccer wasn't done yet. And so really rehab my second ACL, which no one ever wants to do again. Was it the other leg? It was the same knee. So it was so weird. The first time it happened was a contact. So that was like, okay, that made sense in my head where it was like, I got hit, something else happened. And the second time was non-contact. And so I honestly don't even think I still am okay with how it happened. I'm obviously okay that it did happen because I feel like, Where I'm at now, I'm in such a better place in my relationship with the Lord than I was before. But just the idea of, like, a non-contact still, like, I I can't really wrap my mind around it. It's just, like, so strange.
0: It's like, how did I get hurt when no one... I was by myself
1: dribbling, and I went to go change direction, and my knee just was like, nope. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Guess we're not doing that. My life would definitely not have been the same. Had I not torn my ACL again, which is so weird for me to think about because it's not something when it had first happened. I was like, this sucks and I hate this. And, you know, like this isn't what I had planned. And um, I think by the end of it, my this is what I had planned had or this isn't what I had planned. to like, this is what God had planned. Relinquishing control and like my future and my circumstances is like. I didn't have this planned, but God did have this planned. And I mean, by no means was it easy to get there. And like, there was so much anger and frustration with the Lord and like with my circumstances, because, you know, I had worked really hard to get to certain places. And I had felt that like he wasn't there and he had just left me. But I really had just left myself, honestly, like I wasn't ready to even invite the lord into those spaces because i was so
0: angry like shut off yeah
1: yeah relinquishing control is unbelievably difficult in spaces of our life that we protect so well um but i feel like once you do those spaces and those circumstances are only gonna be magnified you know um the things that the lord had planned for my life that I wouldn't have even ever dreamed of um has been seen like i never thought that i would be in portland because portland thorns is one of the best clubs in the league in the states i thought you know like i wasn't good enough and i didn't think that i had a spot there and you know the lord took the circumstance of my future and gave me something i didn't even self.
0: Mm, isn't that so cool when stuff like that happens
1: yeah I mean it's been it's been a surreal past couple of years honestly college was the best and worst times of my life put together but I think anyone will say that too so
0: right like you go through such highs and lows in college especially as an athlete but just as a person in general like you grow so much in college stories are so powerful which is why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place with different from different backgrounds with different stories about who Jesus is in their life because God works so many different ways in each individual person like he never changes but we all experience him differently and let's let's just start with how did yeah. you view God before during and current being stuck at home and not in Portland I feel like so much changed from then to now
1: so before I'd even started relinquishing control, I would say it was probably like I was in high school. And for me in high school, I had a great relationship with the Lord. Um, I think I did at the time, honestly, for being in high school, I understood who he was in my life and, you know, what he did for me, you know, he was and is my savior, but I didn't have a relationship. And so during, I think I was, very angry and confused because I feel like I will be the first to say that I'm covered in grace and I don't deserve it but I have it and I'm so grateful for it but I don't think we talk as much Um, right it gets almost painted over you know like it's really painful and most stories have a part in it where you know you're extremely upset or angry or frustrated confused and alone and I think that's what my during would be. I was very distant from the Lord because I didn't understand. And then now I would say, you know, I'm very aware now that he is not only is he like my savior and my father, and I do have a relationship now, but let him be the only one who writes my story. It's kind of where I'm at currently. And like, This whole coronavirus thing is honestly crazy and it's chaos and madness, but it's part of what he's written for everyone's story, you know, like everyone is going to have a different version of this virus within their story. And like, it's also like created space for us to, you know, be with our families and be with the Lord and strengthen relationships, so.
0: In regards to the coronavirus, I think we have to believe as, you know, as believers that God has a better plan than we do. And, like, at the end of it all, he is still in control of this. We live in a fallen world and bad things happen to everybody. Like, there's no favoritism in that regard because none of us are kind of safe from the fallen world. I just think it's important for us to, like, notice Yeah don't miss it like what is God doing during this time and I think you do such a good job of kind of explaining this is where I was at but at the end of it all I knew God was doing something in my life and doing something with me and he wasn't finished yet like I that line that you yeah. heard in your car sitting there like finished with like I'm still working I also yeah. wanted to ask you kind of about you kind of touched on it but in the middle of I think it was your somewhere in your college season like you were kind of feeling depression or, like, this sense of doubt. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't belong here. Did you have people walk through that with you? Did you feel completely alone in it? Like, how did you kind of climb out of that?
1: It was my junior year, I believe. So, my true junior year. Um, And it was so weird because, like, I'd been playing well. And so, I think from the outside, I did a very good job of, you know, putting on the, the face that I was okay and that life was great. You know, my, my knee was feeling well. I was playing well, like nothing could be going wrong. But like on the inside, I didn't want to be there. I was struggling to, you know, get to practice or like even want to be at practice. Um, and I didn't really understand it. And so in the beginning... I didn't even tell anyone, to be honest. I was just, like, letting it kind of happen by itself. And I was like, okay, it'll just go away. Like, I'll be fine eventually. I just have to, you know, if I tell myself I'm enjoying practice, then eventually I'll start enjoying practice, you know. Or I didn't, yeah, fake it till you make it, literally. Um, And I think I started to, like, realize that I really wasn't okay when – I didn't want to go anywhere like I went to my classes barely I had to go to training so having my sister there was definitely a blessing um she's like one of my best friends in my whole life so um but yeah and I had another teammate who is a believer and she you know just came alongside me in this season of my life and just reminded me the joy that you know god provides us when life feels not so
0: great okay so yeah i don't want to let the words from your mouth but what i'm getting from kind of that time period in your life was that relinquishing control was a huge issue I kind of brought about like this uncertainty and then on top of that like in order for you to kind of not find yourself, but find your place with God and with soccer, like how those things connected. Huge. Like Mm -hmm. you needed people to come alongside you and mentor you in a way through it or just get you out of bed out with your friends.
1: Being a believer, you can't do it by yourself. And that's something that I believe in so firmly is that you need a community to do life. Like there's not a single person that can do life on their own. Um, You would, like this world would just eat you up and swallow you whole honestly because it is so much that you just can't carry on your own that you need people to help carry some of it for you um and then you know there are times when you need to carry some of it for them because like they're not able to carry it by themselves Chrissy and I have a term called like in your corner and we kind of relate it to like like a boxing match you know like the people who you know, like, they, like, get the fighter to get back out in the ring after getting beat up for a round, you know, like, the people that talk confidence into them and stitch them back together, you know, like, wipe off the blood, like, those are the people that you need in your life, so that's kind of how I relate it, you know, I need the people that are going to stitch me back up, the ones that are going to, you know, give me the, the confidence to get back up every morning, so.
0: Mm, I love that, in your are so yeah. cool, yeah, I have a handful of people like that too and i'm such a firm believer too in community and i talk about it all the time on podcasts just you can't live this life by yourself like god did not put you on the trip to then say go be a christian or go love jesus alone
1: like it
0: doesn't work so many stories are a testament to that
1: life alone would be sad and hard and i just not something that i would want for anyone so
0: for a lot of girls listening, finding community, especially outside of college, can be really difficult. Do you think you can speak to that? Like, what was one way when you were in Portland, kind of, besides the fact of being on a team, I know that helps a lot, but how are you able to kind of build relationships outside of, like, hey, you live in my dorm?
1: In college, especially, I think, you know, finding groups and plugging yourself in, because, putting yourself in a position to be around people like-minded is huge you know like i would never have met Chrissy if i didn't build up the courage to go to my first athletes in action meeting and it's hard and i'm definitely not as much of an extrovert as i am i i don't like meeting new people it's like (laughs) very i get like tons of anxiety about it i'm like oh my gosh i don't know them they don't know me like what if they don't like me then i'm just gonna like not want to be around them I'm going to feel uncomfortable and they're going to feel uncomfortable and it's like this whole like downward spiral that I talk myself <laughs> into wow you take it all the way to the end <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and it gets there real quick within my head like it's so bad I'm like Annika, just chill they don't even know you yet and I'm like okay yeah chill chill <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool uh, it's cool I think just like putting yourself out there like finding the courage to show up and like let people into your life I think finding a church in a new place is really hard, but you won't know until you go. Um, So that's what I've been learning in Portland. I've always had a church to go to because Mm -hmm. I've grown up in or gone to school in places where I had friends who had already found a church. So I would just, you know, they like this church. I'm going to like this church where we like each other. Like it'll just work out. And I grew up in the same church for the last 10 years. Finding a church is something that I never had to do. Which is something that I'm doing currently. It's very hard. And I just like so badly want to just already be in the community. And I forget that you have to like put in work to be in the community. You know, like community is about showing up. And the only way to show up is to actually be there. So, yeah, just, you know, putting yourself out there a little bit, as scary as it is, and as much as, you know, like reminding myself that. Community outside of my team is so important, and um that's the only way I'm gonna ever get it is if I actually go out and look for it. So
0: you gotta show up, like just show uh. up, because nothing's gonna happen if you sit at home in your pajamas and expect someone to come to your door and be your friend. Like it doesn't work that way. But we so want it to. Do. Like watching church online in your pajamas is so comfortable, but you don't. Get that 10 minutes of awkward time before service starts or the 10 minutes of awkward time after service ends when you're like, okay, I just want to leave. But when you stick around and you try to put yourself out there, I have a lot of friends like for churches and stuff. And I just like encourage them to do that because you have to find something that's going to be good for you where you can feel not only the teaching there and God is there with you, but you're going to be able to make a community of people that like are in your corner. So I just think that's so cool. Okay, I have one more question for you uh, before we get into our something light. But uh, my last question is, okay, there's a girl who is about to step into something new. She's never done this before, but she knows that this is where God wants her to be. What is your advice to her? What kind of advice do you give her in regards to kind of what you've been through in your life?
1: Being scared is okay. And just remembering that, you know, like being scared is... A sign that, you know, you're actually trusting the Lord and like wholeheartedly trusting the Lord. That is scary. And if anyone tells you that's not scary, then point them (laughs) to me. Like I will tell them it's it's terrifying. Um,
0: They're probably not doing it right if they're not scared. Yeah,
1: I think moving my whole life to Portland was one of the scariest things I've done so far. I never thought I would be here. And so is this really where God wants me Am I sure? Am I 100% sure that this is where I'm supposed to be? I think stepping into something new is terrifying, but it's also so rewarding because you're doing it knowing that not only are you stepping into this, but that the Lord is stepping into it with you and that, but you know that you're going to the place that God has for you. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: that like, while it is terrifying the first couple weeks or Maybe the first month isn't exactly what you imagined it to be, but just knowing that, like, in the end, this is going to be so much bigger and so much better than anything you ever had planned for yourself. And just to, like, trust that the Lord is going to guide you and all of that is something that I'm consistently praying about because there are days when I'm like, maybe I'm just going to go home. Like, maybe this isn't what God had for me. Maybe I'm just you know, like trying to talk myself out of it. But the more I pray and the more I lean into, you know, like the scripture and his guidance, this is really where I'm supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, God will provide for me and God will protect me. And, you know, I think it'll just also really grow your relationship with the Lord because you've trusted him with something that, you know, you didn't think originally you were going to be able to trust him with.
0: Mm, again that ending with relinquishing control giving it to god i love it yeah we always end with something light around here so what is your biggest pet peeve like something that totally bothers you you're like i can't people do this i don't understand why
1: chewing with your mouth open or like smacking your gum oh
0: my gosh okay yes i don't know
1: what it is but it's like i can it always sounds louder to me than it actually is because I'm probably just annoyed by it that it just sounds louder, but my brother does this and me and my mm-hmm. sister are always like, dude, close your mouth. <laughs> <And> he's like <laughs> I'm like, you're so gross. Like this is disgusting. I don't want to see what you're eating. I don't want to hear you smacking your gum. Just chill. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. Just chill. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much this was so much fun and i feel like the girl is totally going to relate with you in this and i think it's been so yeah. great
1: thanks for having me and giving me a place to share a little bit about my story
0: guys you made it to the end and i'm truly so thankful for all of your support it means so much more to me than you will ever know with that in mind it would be so great if you could go and do two things number one subscribe to the podcast This just tells your iTunes app to download the most recent episodes so you don't miss a thing. No spam emails or unnecessary reminders. The app will only tell you the important stuff. Number two, rate and leave a review for the podcast. Just take a moment after this episode and write a quick review on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews make a huge difference and help iTunes suggest the podcast to new listeners. All right, guys, rant officially over. Thank you for listening. Whether this is your first episode or you have been around since the beginning, this podcast wouldn't be anything without you. I cannot wait to read your comments. Let's catch up next week. Talk soon.